welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you an hour of entertainment from radio's golden age. Happy holidays to everyone. This week we have two comedy shows from the mid-20th century. The baby boom was in full swing, and adults got the thrill of watching their children enjoy Christmas. Today, in our first comedy show, Phil Harris tries to find a believable Santa Claus to entertain his kids. He is not expecting the magic that happens in spite of his efforts. Enjoy the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show, first broadcast December 24th, 1950 on NBC. From Hollywood, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. Written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Bill Harris. It is Christmas Eve, and like all of you good people, the Harrises are busy making last-minute preparations. Let's see now. My presents are all wrapped. I have the wreath on the door, the holly in the windows, and... Phil, what are you doing? Sweeping out the fireplace. What for? So Santa won't get his suit sooty. (laughs) I don't want no sloppy Saint Nick around my house. Well, of course, dear. And what time do you expect old Clyde? (laughs) Clyde? Yes. Santa Clyde. (laughs) I hope his wife is with him, too. His wife? Yeah. Santa Myrtle. (laughs) What's gotten into you? I'm just talking your language. I overheard you telling the children a Christmas story this afternoon, and everybody's name was either Myrtle or Clyde. (laughs) Now you're just exaggerating. I am, huh? Wait a minute. Phyllis! Phyllis, come here a minute, dear. What do you want, Mommy? Daddy was telling you a story this afternoon about Santa. What are the names of his reindeer? Dancer, Prancer, Donner, Blitzen, Myrtle, Robin, Clyde. (laughs) Well, that was very good, dear, except you left one out. Which one? Irving. (laughs) He's the little one on the end. Oh, girls, doesn't the house look beautiful, all decorated? Oh, it looks wonderful, Mommy. But, Mommy... Daddy, we want to ask you a favor. We'd like to stay up and see Santa Claus when he brings the presents tonight. Could we? Well, well, honey, uh, well, he has a lot of other stops to make, and he might get here very late, and then oh, he... Oh, can't we, Daddy, please? Well, uh, okay. Now, you kids continue to behave yourselves, and I promise that you'll see Santa. Now, will you run along and play? Oh, thanks, Daddy. Gee, Phyllis, I can hardly wait for tonight. Oh, Phil. Phil, why did you promise the children that? Now, if they don't see Santa, they'll be very disappointed. But they'll see him. And just to make sure, I'm going to dress up like Santa and come down that chimney. They won't be able to tell me from the real one. (laughs) Daddy! Yes, dear? Don't you dress up and make believe you're Santa like last year. Boy, was that corny! (laughs) Hmm. Alice, I still can't figure out how they knew it was me last year. What did I do that was wrong? For one thing, you were supposed to come in singing Jingle Bells. I did. Yes, I know, but those lyrics, I can still hear them. Ham, hocks, and turnip greens, they melt right in your mouth. A candied yams and a hominy grits, and that's what I like about the South. Yeah! got more applause than I do. (laughs) What's so wrong about those lyrics? That isn't the way we sing it up north. Well, can I help it if you Yankees don't know the right words? (laughs) Oh, but Alice, I guess you're right. We're going to have to get somebody else to play Santa. I guess we will. And another thing, it's Christmas Eve. When are you going to get the tree? Oh, I bought that this afternoon. It's at the market. 
I didn't have room in my car to carry it, so I asked Willie to pick it up on his way over. We'll have the tree. That I'm not worried about. But gee whiz, honey, who are we going to get to play Santa Claus? Hey, wait a minute, Phil. I have an idea. Let's get Don Wilson to play Santa. Yeah. Old fatso. He'll be great. <laughs> Don is our man. I'll call him right now and see if he can come over tonight. Yeah, you go call him, huh? Hey, that's swell. Now the kids won't be disappointed. Santa will show up. Uh-oh. That must be Willie with the tree. Hiya, Curly. Well, if it ain't Francis the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> An early go, huh? Merry Christmas, friendly. Merry Christmas, Curly. I got a present for you. Here it is. For me? You got a present for little old curly-headed me? Yeah, I got you a little. Oh, Frankie, that's sweet of you. I... I, I don't know what to say. That's well, all right, Curly. But the thought... You don't know how I appreciate it. I, well, it touches me deeply, and I... If you're going to get sloppy about it, I'll take it back. <laughs> well, don't stand there. Open it up. See what it is. Oh, gee, Frankie, just what I wanted. Tissue paper. <laughs> the present's under the paper. Here it is. Why, it's a bottle. It's not just a bottle. It's imported champagne. You bought a bottle of champagne for me? And gee whiz, it's almost half full, too. <laughs> they didn't have any splits, so I bought a magnum and siphoned it off. <laughs> Alice? Oh, she's inside calling Don Wilson. See, the kids want to see Santa Claus tonight, so we asked Don to play it for us. Why are you getting Don Wilson to play Santa? Well, what else am I going to do? Well, let him stay up and see the real Santa Claus. Yeah, but I don't know what time he's going to get. <laughs> Can I have that again, Herman? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you let the kids see the real Santa Claus? Oh, kids, you better get some sleep. <laughs> Staying up a little bit too so late. You're another one of those cynics, huh? A wise guy who don't believe. You do? Of course. Just because you've never seen him don't mean he's not there. You must realize, Curly, there are some things in life that are inexplicable. There exist certain psychic phenomena that are ethereal and beyond the comprehension of we mere mortals. Don't you agree? Oh, undubnably. <laughs> Curly, you can take my word for it. The real guy will show up. I see him every Christmas. Remley, tell me, uh, how come you see Santa Claus every Christmas and I don't? Well, Curly, I can best explain that by saying there are a lot of things I see that you don't. <laughs> yeah, that I know, but I'm talking about Christmas, not New Year's Eve. <laughs> Well, all I gotta say is it's a good thing kids have more common sense and faith than some grown-ups. Or Christmas wouldn't be much fun. I know that tonight old Saint Nick and his reindeer will come flying through the sky. Yeah, but do you mind if we have somebody stand in in case he's grounded by a heavy smog over L.A.? <laughs> all right, scoff if you will, infidel. Phil, Phil, I just called Don Wilson and he can't make it. Merry but... Christmas, Alice. Oh, hello, Frankie. Merry Christmas. As I was saying, Phil, Don can't make it. But he said he has a lot of actor friends, and he'll send one of them over. Oh, darn it. Don would have been perfect. Hey, Alice, it's none of my business, but why hire a phony Santa Claus when the kids are going to see the real one? Well, we just wanted to... What did he say, Phil? <laughs> Paying no attention to him, honey. He ain't been the same since he switched to Yami Yogurt. <laughs> I don't understand you people. You seem to have lost faith. You got the house decorated, lights outside, holly wreaths in the windows, and a beautiful Christmas... Wait a minute. Where's your Christmas tree? It's coming. It's coming. Just take your time. Willie's bringing it over. And if you don't think that I have the Christmas spirit, Remley, will you see that tree? Oh, it's a beauty. It better be. It is. Don't worry. Remley, it's about eight feet tall, and it's nice and full, and it's green, and... Uh-oh, that must be Willie with the tree now. Come in! 
Hi ho, everybody, and a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hi ho. Get a load of the vagabond liver. <laughs> Good, Willie. I'll go out in the car and help you carry it in. Oh, that won't be necessary. I have it right here in one of these bags. In a... In a bag? Well, how'd you get an eight-foot tree in a bag? Oh, I didn't get the eight-foot one. That was much too expensive, so instead I purchased this two-foot table model. How do you like it? Willie, what kind of a color is that? Shocking pink. (laughs) Isn't it lovely? Oh, Willie, a shocking pink Christmas tree. Isn't that a little peculiar? Oh, on the contrary, on the contrary, dear. The man said that if you trim a shocking pink tree with cerise ornaments and chartreuse bulbs, it will look positively scintillating. <laughs> well, la di da! Oh, what do you know? <laughs> what do you think of it, Philip? I'll give you three seconds to get that shredded locks out of here. <laughs> oh, brother, how much trouble can you have? No tree, and I'm worried about the guy Don sending to play Santa. Well, Philip, if you want someone to play the part, I shall be only too happy to portray Christopher Kringle. <laughs> Christopher? Well, Donner, my Blitzen. <laughs> Find Santa Claus you'd make. I'd a... make an excellent one. I'm quite an actor, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see myself popping out of the chimney, bounding into the living room and saying, Ho, 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 and a Merry Christmas to you little kiddies. And what do you we darlings desire as a yuletide memento? Thank you to Lula Bankhead. <laughs> I'm sorry, Willie. We can't use you. It won't work. I can't Well, if you don't want me to help, I won't. I have to run along anyway. I have to meet my girlfriend at the taxidermist. I hope they did a good job on her. (laughs) Goodbye. Imagine that little squirt playing Santa Claus. Why, he couldn't impress me if he came in here with a bag full of sponsors. Wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> I hope that guy that Don's sending over will make a good Santa. Curly, really. stop worrying about your make-believe Santas. The real one will be here. What we have to worry about is getting a decent tree. Oh, yeah. Come on. Look, Remley, we'll go over to the market and pick the one up that I ordered. Hey, we'll be back soon, Alice. Okay, dear. Gee, I hope the man Don is sending over looks the part. If he doesn't, the girls will think that... Mommy, it's getting late. When is Santa going to get here? Gee, Mommy, do you think maybe he isn't coming? Now, now, don't fret, girls. Of course he's coming. So? You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're away He knows if you've been bad or good But good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out You better not cry Better not pout I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town Oh, wait a minute. The lights are still on. And look, there's Julius. Where? Right over there. 
He's rifling the cash register. He's counting the receipts. <laughs> I'll get him to open it up. Hey, Julius! Open up the door, Julius! Come on, we want to get in. Hey, hurry it up, will you, kid? We can't wait all night. Come on, kid, open that door. I said open the door. It's open and stop punching me in the nose. <laughs> what do you hoodlums want? We want a big tree. Who for? For Mr. Harris. Oh. And what time is the lynching? <laughs> Julius, don't be a smarty pants. Oh, there's a jazzy piece of dialogue. <laughs> Look, kid, I want to buy that big Christmas tree I saw here this afternoon. I don't like the one you sold, Willie. Mr. Harris, I'm disappointed. I saved that tree just for you. Chalk and pink is your color. It matches your eyes. <laughs> oh, that's a jazzy piece of dialogue. <laughs> Look, I want that big one I saw this afternoon. Okay, come on in the back and I'll get it for you. All right, come on, Remley, you can help oh, me. I'll, I'll wait here at the counter, Curly. Mr. Remley, get your mitts off of that cash register! <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> I thought it was a spinet piano. <laughs> I was trying to play White Christmas. Ramley. Now get away from there and help us carry this tree out to the car. Where is it, Julius? Right here. Oh, yeah, that's the one. And thanks for saving it for me, kid. That's okay. Merry Christmas, Mr. Harris. Same to you. Oh, Julius, by the way, drop over to the house a little later. We got a little present for you. Come over there, huh? All right, now come on, Ramley. Let's take this tree home and get it trimmed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the last ornament. Gee, the tree looks pretty. It sure does. How do you like it, Curly? Oh, sure. It looks swell. But where's the guy that's going to play Santa Claus? He's supposed to be here by 10, and it's after 11 now, and you... Frankie, what have you got there? Milk and cookies for Santa Claus. I put them on the mantle for him every year. Milk and cookies? That old man's been working like a dog tonight. Let's leave him something more nourishing, like a bear and a couple of pretzels. <laughs> Don't be a funny drummer. <laughs> I'll put the milk and cookies over the fireplace. Where are the kids, Alice? Oh, they're upstairs waiting for Santa. Well, I'm well, Everybody's waiting. When's a guy going to show be up? Be patient, Curly. He's got a long trip from the North Pole. Besides, his reindeer ain't as young as they used to be, and his oh, sleigh... Oh, keep quiet. <laughs> The least Don's friend can do is to get here on time. He... This subterfuge is all so unnecessary. Uh-oh. That must be Santa now. I'll let him in. And I'll go with you, honey. Well, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. <laughs> Merry Christmas and hiya, filthy! Hey, Andy, what are you doing here? Well, Don Wilson told me you were looking for somebody to play Santa Claus. He said you wanted someone with a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> Is my bowl big enough? Yes, yes. In fact, that's the biggest one I've seen since the Rose Bowl. <laughs> hey, Andy, that's quite a figure you got there. <laughs> yeah. Sexy, ain't it? <laughs> you know, I think I look charming in this Santa Claus outfit. Charming, he said. Where'd you get that messy red suit? It's got spots all over it. I rented it. The Santa Claus that had it last year was a sloppy eater. <laughs> I think you look ridiculous. Get a load of that white beard. Where'd you rent that moth-eating thing? Well, that I didn't rent. I was playing canasta with Monty Woolley, and I won it. Of course... If you don't like me as Santa Claus... Pay no or... attention to him, Andy. I think you make a wonderful Santa Claus. And I do, too. The girls will get a big kick out of this. I'll go call them. And, Andy, try to convince the children you're really Santa Claus, huh? The children? Phil, I thought I was doing this for your benefit. <laughs> no, no, Andy, but gee whiz, it's swell of you to play Santa Claus for my two kids and... and... And I'd like to pay you for it. Oh, no, I don't want any money for this, Phil. 
But if you want, you can buy me a little something for Christmas. Like what? Oh, anything Alice can afford. <laughs> okay, Andy, now it's up to you to make the kids think that you're Santa. This impersonation is preposterous. Santa Claus won't like this. Besides, you'll never be able to fool a kid. Oh, I don't know. With this costume and bag of toys over my shoulder, I shouldn't have any trouble. No, I don't think so either, Andy, but gee whiz, it'd be awful if you don't fool them. If there was just some kid, someone that we could try you out on just to see if you can fool... Mr. Harris, where are you? I can't forget my present. Julius, that's just the kid we need. Hey, come on in here, Julius. Look, Andy, if you can fool this kid, you can fool anybody. Oh, don't worry, Phil. I'll just sit here in this chair and you watch his face when he sees me. Okay, Andy, I certainly hope... What do you want, Mr. Harris? Where have you got my... Hey, Mr. Harris, don't you feel a little chewy? No, why? You left your red flannels lying on a chair. <laughs> I got red flannels. Don't you recognize me, Sonny? You look familiar. Well, I'll give you a hint. I'm that jolly old man with the white beard. Ho, 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 ho. Well, if it ain't a bloated Gabby Hayes. <laughs> hey, Gabby Hayes. Now, look, he's wearing a red suit and he's got a beard. What is he? A Bolshevik! Oh. <laughs> What's he got over his shoulder? A bag full of bombs? Julius, don't be silly. Don't you recognize Santa Claus when you see him? This is Santa Claus? <laughs> That's right, Sonny. I'm old Saint Nick. They can't do this to us little kids. In the name of juvenile humanity, I protest this flagrant disregard. Oh, shut up! <laughs> now sit on my lap and I'll tell you what. Tell me what you want for Christmas, or I'll sit on your lap and break every bone in your precious. <laughs> Get away from me, you imposter! You, you're nothing but a fake. Wait till I see the real Santa tonight. He ain't gonna like it when I tell him he's being impersonated by some gravel voice snook. <laughs> there goes a cute kid, Santa. He has all the charm of a wet cigar. <laughs> I told you you can't fool kids. Oh, Remley, that don't mean nothing. He's just a wise little guy. Besides, he's older than my kids. When the girls come down, they won't know the difference. Now come along, children. He's right in here. Well, there he is. Gee, Santa Claus. Hello, Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, and don't forget my new television series with Wild Bill Hickok. Starting soon. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Find Santa Claus. He's got to get a plug in. <laughs> well, come here, children, and sit on my lap. Which one? You got three of them. <laughs> well, sit on the one with the knees. <clears throat> Girls, how do you like old Santa? We like you fine, Santa. But what happened to your voice? Do you have a cold? Yeah. You see, they raised my rent at the North Pole, and I had to move into a leaky igloo. <clears throat> well, old Santa has to be going now. Here are your toys, girls. Thank you, Santa. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'll be seeing you next year. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Up, Dancer. Up, Prancer. Up, Myrtle. Rob, Clyde. Ho, ho. <laughs> hey, hey, you better come back, Santa. You forgot Irving. <laughs> Well, children, what did you think of Santa Claus? I thought he was divine. I thought he was Andy. <laughs> you mean you kids knew that it was Andy divine? Sure, but we didn't want to say anything and hurt his feelings. Daddy, when is the real Santa coming? Well, well, look, kids, you see, he... Uh, He'll he, be here soon, Oh, kids. Frankie... <laughs> Look, kids, he may get here too late. So I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a Christmas story, and and then will you run off to bed? Well, all right, Daddy. But we wanted so much to see him. I know you did, kids, but... Well, maybe next year. Now sit on my lap, and I'll... I'll tell you a beautiful Christmas story. You ready? 
"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children... I thought I heard sleigh bells. No. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced through their heads. Alice, what are those bells? What's the... Shh. Quiet, Curly. Christmas, Santa. Frankie, who are you talking to? I don't see anybody. The kids do. Look at them. Gee, Santa, we knew you'd come. They couldn't fool us with any make-believe Santa Claus. We were waiting just for you. Oh, sure, we've been very good girls. Oh, what a lovely dollhouse. Thank you. And all these things are for me? Can I open them now? All right, Santa, we'll wait till morning. Thank you very much. And a Merry Christmas to you too, Santa. Of course, we'll tell them. Merry Christmas and goodbye, Santa Claus. You didn't. He sure is a nice-looking old gent. Alice, did did you see him? No, I'm not sure, Phil. I I almost thought I saw him standing by the by the fireplace. But Alice, how could it be if he was standing there? Phil, Phil, what are you staring at? The mantle. Alice. The milk and cookies, they're gone. I want to thank Andy Devine for doing a wonderful job for us. Thanks, Andy. As always, you were great. Ladies and gentlemen, a few weeks ago, I made a record called The Thing. And because you liked it, it became a hit. And that was a big thrill for me. But it didn't compare with the thrill I got when The Thing gave us the idea for a thing for kids for Christmas. The Thing for Kids campaign to give needy children toys to make this Christmas real for them has been a huge success. And you've done it. You have made it possible for millions of children to wake up tomorrow morning to enjoy their happiest Christmas. And thank you for it. By giving generously, you truly have made Christmas the thing. And now, on behalf of Alice and my children and my cast, my writers, my producer, and my whole company, let me wish you a very merry and rewarding Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. Included in today's cast was Andy Devine. Now, Hedda Hopper. Later, Theater Guild presents David Copperfield on NBC. You are listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have comedian Henry Morgan answering the age-old question, why can't every day be Christmas, that children often wonder. It would be absurd, that's why. Enjoy the Henry Morgan Show, first broadcast December 25th, 1946, on ABC. The Henry Morgan Show. Morgan Show with Arnold Stang, Fran Warren, Perk Kelton, Milton Kalem's Orchestra, and me, Ben Grower. And here's the star of the Henry Morgan Show, standing on his favorite corner in front of the cigar store. Good evening, anybody. Here's Morgan. Thank you. Uh, not so many Christmases ago, we broadcast a little Christmas story for children. And uh, it was definitely for children, but we heard later that a number of grown-ups sneaked out of bed and listened. Well, you know how parents are, kids. Just when you think that they're asleep, they come out of the bedroom with all kinds of excuses. They want a drink of water. <laughs> or uh, there's a tiger in the room. <laughs> their blanket fell on the floor or something. So this year, uh, we might as well let them stay up and listen. But parents, no snickering. We're not going to stand for a lot of grown-ups sitting in front of the radio shaking their heads doubtfully as though we were making the whole thing up. Now, kids, if you notice your mommy or daddy saying things like, um, oh, nonsense, or, uh, well, that couldn't happen, just look them in the eye and say... I find this story thoroughly credible. Of course, I don't have that kind of trouble with my parents. If they say all nonsense to me, I just don't give them tickets to my show. Now, it's a story, and pretty good. And the story begins the day after Christmas, which, you have to admit, is an unusual day to begin a Christmas story. It's about two boys and a girl. They're named Norman, Joey, and Jeannie. How old are they? Oh, they're just about your age. And where do they live? Oh, just across the street. As the story begins, it's the day after Christmas. And Norman, a boy, is coming up the front walk to Joey's house, and he says... Hiya, Joey. Hi, Norman. What presents have you got broken? Oh, I forgot to tell you. What he said was, what presents have you got broken? <laughs> it was a very good line, too. <laughs> I'll tell you that Joey is sitting there looking at the ruins of an electric train, which it took a dozen graduate engineers to put together. What you doing, Joey? I'm trying to figure out how to put this train together again. Who took it apart? My father. <laughs> don't you know enough not to let your father fool around with your toys? They don't know what it's all about. Well, he was fooling with the train and running it round and round. And after a while, he said he had a theory about how to make it run different. What's a theory? I don't know. Something your father has when he tells you to hand him a screwdriver. <laughs> What'd you get for Christmas? Oh, a sled and some skates and a rector set. Yeah? What else? Oh, the rest of it was just useful stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got stuck with some of that, too. Hello, Norman. Hello, Jeannie. Hello, Joey. Joey, why don't you say hello to Jeannie? She's my sister. <laughs> Hey, Norman, I bet you didn't see Santa Claus. Oh, yeah? Did you? Sure. Did he come down the chimney? We got radiators. <laughs> oh, Joey, Mama says for you to come in and wash up for supper. I don't bother me. What a pesky sister is. I asked for a brother and I got you. <laughs> now, you better mind or Santa Claus won't bring you anything for Christmas. You just had Christmas, Smarty. Smarty yourself. I mean next. Huh? Get 
don't have to be good all year. I figure two weeks before Christmas is plenty. <laughs> you do so, too, have to be good all year. Good all year for just one Christmas? Gee, that doesn't sound fair. Yeah, if you've got to be good every day in account of Christmas, then it ought to be Christmas every day. What do you think, Joey? It ought to be, but it ain't. That's on kind of they got the wrong people in charge of it. Who, Joey? You know, grown-ups. <laughs> You know, Joey's absolutely right. I can't blame him for wanting Christmas every day if he has to be good every day. And that's the way it looks to him as he sits down to supper with Joan and his father and his mother on the day after Christmas. Did you wash up before coming to the table, Joey? Yes, Mom. He didn't. I did. 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 For goodness sakes, children, stop it. Did. Did. Didn't. Did. Now, that's enough. Didn't. Didn't what, Jean? I forgot. Joey, you aren't eating a thing. Pass your plate. Oh, Mom, I don't like turkey hash. Nonsense, son. It's delicious. No, thank you, Mother. I don't believe I'll have any. <laughs> Daddy, is that right what Jeannie said? That you have to be good all year for Santa Claus to come? That's right, son. Gosh, if a fella's got to spend all his time being good, he never gets the time to live a little. Isn't that right, Daddy? Huh? Oh, of course, Joey. Father. Mm hmm? Oh, no, no, Joey. Of course not. <laughs> Whatever your mother says. <laughs> mother, would you hand me that newspaper, please? Here you are, dear. I haven't seen it yet. What are the headlines? General Eisenhower gives up presidential ambitions, announces he has become Republican. <laughs> Here's an interesting item. You remember that woman in Boston who left $50,000 to her cat last year? Yeah. The cat just died and left it to another cat. <laughs> well, that's sensible. Here's an interesting item. Read it, dear. Park Avenue theater owners are lobbying in Washington against popcorn machines. Look at this headline. Snobby Lobby claims popcorn hobby makes their lobbies slobby. Daddy, what's a lobby? Well, a lobby is a group of people who go to Washington to put pressure on congressmen so they'll pass a new law. Can they get any kind of a law passed? Well, sometimes it seems that way. Even if the president doesn't want it? Especially. <laughs> That's... Yeah? How far is it to Washington? Well... I never said it. Somebody else must have said it. Well, the plot is not getting any thinner. Joey's getting an idea to have a law passed. Sort of a new OPA. Overthrow parents' authority. And uh, naturally, the first thing he has to do is tell Norman. Hey, Norman, we got to start a lobby. Okay, what's a lobby? Well, a lobby is when you go to Washington and, and tell a senator to pass a law. Who does? Anybody. Us, we could do it. We got rights just like people. No kidding. <laughs> sure. You just go to Washington and tell them to pass a law, like, like no school, no washing for supper, no spankings, no running errands. Well, they wouldn't pass all those laws. Yeah. yeah. But I know how you can get everything you want with just one law. Yeah? yeah? On Christmas, you don't go to school, you don't run errands, and you don't get spanked. Isn't that so? Yeah. So you just get the senator to pass a law making every day Christmas. Jimmy! Santa Claus would come every day, too. You suppose he would? He'd have to if it was a law. Jimmy! Jimmy. We haven't got a Jiminy. We got a radiator. <laughs> yeah? Oh. <laughs> Three children have decided to go to Washington, and uh, while the kids are packing their little overnight bags and buying their little railroad tickets, why don't we sit back and listen to little Fran Warren, who is still dreaming of a white Christmas, as she sings, Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. 
back and join the three kids, Joey, Norman, and Gene, who, uh, you probably remember, had decided to go to Washington as the head of a children's lobby to get a law passed making every day Christmas. They carry with them a petition signed by such leading American figures as Butch Jenkins and Margaret O'Brien. And so, to Washington, where the three children have just arrived. Gee whiz, look at all the big buildings around. What's that thing? I saw a picture of that one. That's the Washington Monument. Wow, is he tall. <laughs> My mother says that maybe I'll grow up and be president. Ah, uh, they don't have girl presidents. Why not? Well, a president has to make laws and speeches and wars and things like that. Yeah. All ladies do is cook and go shopping and take care of the kids. Well, they can do all that other junk in their spare time. Hey, let's ask someone where we can find some senators. Hey, there's a man. Let's ask him. Hello, mister. Oh, yeah. We just came to Washington We have to go someplace in an awful hurry Who's stopping you? We don't know exactly where to go What's the matter, you lost? No, we came to Washington to get something done You're lost no, we ain't, Lewis. We got important business. We're going to see a real senator. Big deal. <laughs> well, if you're looking for senators, why don't you go to the Senate building? It's on S Street. They told us it was on O Street. I tell him S. He tells me O. <laughs> Thanks, mister. I hope we'll see you again sometime. Likewise. <laughs> don't know what Gerard was doing in Washington, but uh, those children were there on business, and they started to look for a senator to get their bill introduced. In the crowd, they couldn't tell who was a senator, because many senators look like people. So, they went all around Washington, where they saw many politicians and other sites. Finally, they came to an important government building. 
Mister, what building is this? This is the Bureau of Printing and Engraving. What's that? Well, this is where we make all the paper money. My daddy makes a lot of money. I hope he doesn't make it the way we do. How much money you got here, huh? Oh, I don't know. I just keep making it. Then I never know where all that money goes. That's just what Daddy always tells Mom. I tell you something, though. Last week alone, I made $20 million. Gosh. Last month, I made $200 million. For the year, I made $3 billion. And here's a sample of my work. Gosh. A picture of a penny. Here's another place. Maybe they can help us here. I'll open the door. Look here, Jones. I haven't you found my fountain pen yet? No, sir, and I've looked everywhere for well, it. Now that pen's been missing for three weeks. Can't anybody in this place ever find anything? What does it say on the door, Joey? Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> This is the place. Yeah, it's a Senate committee. Let's go in. Yes, yes, what is it? I'm a busy man. Where are you from? Well, sir, we're from PS58. What congressional district? <laughs> huh? I said what congressional district? Third, fourth, fifth? Oh, we're from the third grade. Miss Horton is our teacher. Horton? Horton? I don't know any Miss Horton. Gee, didn't you ever go to school? Of course I went to school, but that was 40 years ago. Oh, Miss Horton must have been there then. Now, listen, children, you just can't come walking in here. After all, this is the government. I know. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Say, that's pretty good. Do you know who said that? Yes, sir. Miss Horton. <laughs> now, children... What can I do for you? I'm a busy man. Mr. Senator, we came here about Christmas. Yes. We don't think one Christmas a year is enough. We'd like to have Christmas every day. Christmas every day? Well, I can't blame you. When I was young, I also had dreams. But now I don't dream of making everyone happy. I don't dream of solving all problems. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. What? You don't sleep so good. All the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, Miss Horton said that, eh? Yes, sir. And we believe it, too. I see. Uh, let me ask you something, kiddies. Are you now, or have you ever been a member... They, um... Didn't get very far with that, Senator, but they weren't discouraged. After all, a child who can nag his mother into giving him an all-day sucker just before dinner, not going to be discouraged by a senator. And the children began to pick up support around the country. Newspaper headlines said, Kids claim cloakroom quorum. One paper quoted the minority opposition group with the headline, Anti-kid block blocks kids block. <laughs> and on the air, you heard reports like this. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite news commentator, Walter Morgan. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. American Hall. Please a trip. All right, already. The Children's Committee for Christmas Every Day continues to meet with congressional biggies. Also, Smalley. Lawmakers are weakening before lollipop lobbies. And insiders said they didn't have a chance. Ha! All right, all right. But, Mr. Secretary, we want it awful bad. Ridiculous, absurd, flagrantly unconstitutional. Undermines the foundation of our government. Of the people, by the people, and for the people, as was said by that great statesman, Miss Horton of PS58. <laughs> Your proposal is undoubtedly a priori and e pluribus. Now, what do you say to that? <laughs> okay, now, now, now stop that. Right now. Gee, you, you can't, you, you're, you're just trying to, to... Oh, all right. <laughs> 
woman's tears, how important they've been to history. If it weren't for a woman's tears, civilization wouldn't have many of its wonderful inventions. Mink coats, <laughs> diamond bracelets, babies, and so lobby made progress, and on the air, you heard... Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite news commentator, H.B. Carlton Morgan. Good morning. Tonight, the news from Washington concerns the United Nations delegate from Russia, who is, I understand, Russian. <laughs> and there is a discussion of the future of the United Nations, which, in my opinion, still lies ahead. This may mean nothing, or, on the other hand, something... <laughs> Or both. Which is unlikely. At least at this time. Meanwhile, the children's lobby is making considerable progress in Washington. It looks very much as if the president will... Good night. And finally, late on the next day... Hey, Norman, let's try this place. We haven't been here. Okay, Joey, let's go up the steps. Oh, welcome to the White House, children. Is there something I can do for you? Well, we'd like to have a law pass. I know just how you feel. Very popular, Lord. You see, we want to. <laughs> just a moment, kiddies. Just a moment, Margaret. <laughs> just a moment, Margaret. <laughs> well, kiddies, I feel this way about it. You can please some of the people some of the time. And some of the people all of the time. But you can't please some of the people any of the time. If you pass this law, you'll please all of the kids all of the time. All right. I'll do it. Have a glass of buttermilk. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite news commentator, Gabriel Morgan. Ah, oh, there's good news tonight. <laughs> There's a little light burning in the White House tonight. And there's something about the sign of a white light burning bright in a house that's white. <laughs> that makes a man want to shout out so all the world can hear. Oh, there's good news tonight. <laughs> ah, and little children are rejoicing tonight. All over the world. <laughs> And I've just been handed a flash, and it says, good night. And so the law was, thank you on behalf of that fellow. And so the law was passed, making every day of the year Christmas. Every day of the year. And there were great changes throughout the land. The George Washington Bridge was torn down to make erector sets. The Ford assembly lines converted overnight to making four-door tinker toys. On the stock market, the flexible flyer went up and down. And every poor little girl had a mama doll. And every rich little girl had a mater doll. Did this make boys and girls happy? We'll find out right after Milton Tatum plays Bernie Green's special type Christmas medley. Jack Horner sat in a corner eating a Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum. And said, What a good boy am I? What a good boy. Jack and Jill went up the hill to catch the tail of water. 
his crown and build him something after. The children have had Christmas every day for a year. The time is now December 24th, and the same two little boys are talking. Hello, Mormon. Hello, Joey. What you got there? A sled. How many sleds you got? 364. <laughs> Me too. How many footballs you got? 364. How many skates you got? 728. <laughs> Hello, fellas. Hello, Jean. What have you got there? Oh, another old doll. What's its name? Ditto. <laughs> you know, I broke the window in the garage today. Gee, that's good. Maybe we won't get any presents. Nah, they forgave me. Why? Because it's Christmas. Ah, oh, gee, Christmas every day. I sure miss the 4th of July. Yeah, me too. I sure wish we had July 4th every day. I don't start that again. Oh, look, Sally. Here comes Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, hello, children. Merry Christmas. What's so funny? Well, here it is Christmas. Again. And I have the peachiest present for all you children. Norman, would you like to see what I brought you? Nah. Oh, I got the best sled in the whole world for you. I said that yesterday. Oh, this one's got fog lights and ashtrays and a radio and chromium bumpers. I got that kind. I know, but this one's a convertible. I don't want it. Oh, now, don't make me take it back to the North Pole again. You know what we agreed, fellas. No return. Okay, okay. Put it on that pile over there. Well, fine. Goodbye and Merry Christmas. Uh, Santa. Yes? How about not coming tomorrow? Not come tomorrow? Yes. Well, why don't you skip tomorrow and make it a holiday? Oh, I'd love to, children. My feet are killing me. <laughs> but you know, it's Christmas every day. It was your idea. See you tomorrow. Christmas, you know. Oh, those bells. <laughs> I think I'll put in a buzzer. Well, goodbye. You know, kids, Christmas all year round is awful. Our law has got to be repealed. It's a priori. It's C. Pluribus. Down with Miss Horton. On to Washington. And so the children talked to the men in Washington who repealed the law and changed Christmas back to once a year. And all the children were happy again, and the moral of the story is, nil comparandum, nil quantulatum, nil ultimus. As said by that great Latin scholar and philosopher, Miss Horton of PS58. <laughs> Translated, this means, Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year to you all. Stang, Fran Warren, Fred Kelton, and Milton Tatum's in his orchestra. In the cast were Art Carney, Jack Albertson, Joan Gibson, and youngsters Butch Cabell, David Anderson, and Joan Laser. 
Morgan himself will be back on this corner in front of the cigar store at the same time next week. The Henry Morgan Show is produced by Kenneth McGregor. This is Ben Grower speaking. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now. (laughs) 